This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello, and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Thursday, May 19th. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host today, Steve Adams from MLB Trade Rumors. Steve, how you doing? I'm doing well. Excited to, to be back on the show. Uh, first yeah. time this year. So Yeah. Steve yeah. Uh, was with us a few times last year, now now making his 2016 debut for us, yes. while Matt is in Montreal eating poutine and, and watching the Blue Jays games. I assume he's watching Blue Jays while he's up there. Uh, that's all <laughs> I get. But um, but yeah, uh, Steve, how you been? How's your uh, 2016 treating you so okay. far? 2016 is going well. Uh, no, no complaints. Uh, not, yeah. not as strong of a fantasy season as I had last year. Yeah. But uh, that, that aside, uh, things are okay. I'm at least, I'm at least in top two in the the MLB Trade Rumors League. So trying to spend my title there. But other than that, it's not a good year for fantasy for and me. And we, uh, and we do not need to talk about the Minnesota Twins if you don't need no. to. Like no. if you if you need to, I'm here for you. No. But if we if we They're don't. <laughs> yeah, we can go on. Uh, I've, I've spent too much time talking to to fellow Minnesotans about them uh, yeah. this year. It's it's not it's, it's not a good way to spend your time. Not not to rub it in, but it's been fun this year with Matt talking about the White Sox, though. We're not a boring team, right? Oh now. no, not at all. Yeah, it's been interesting. But uh, yeah, but yeah, uh, Steve and I are gonna look at uh, DFS options for Thursday for the 19th um did you see anything on on wednesday i don't know if you watch much baseball on wednesday that jumped out to you did you see uh we i i recorded with uh scott strandberg for wednesday and we we're really in on this mike clevenger guy for the indians and i got a comment because we spent like 10 minutes talking about him because he was three thousand dollars on fanduel which is nothing yeah and we're like he just needs to go five innings and get a win against the reds and he went five innings, allowed one run, and they sent him back out there for the sixth, and then kind of snowballed yep. past that. Uh, almost, almost got what you wanted from him, but those super cheap, cheap picks are kind of interesting. Um, but, but that was definitely something we were tweeting about earlier. I saw that the White Sox, this is another Matt thing, but the, the White Sox had a, it recorded another triple play, which was, it was more of a 6-4-3, but still, that's their second one this year. I don't know, not, not a huge, uh, baseball day. On Wednesday. Yeah, there there wasn't yeah. uh wasn't a ton today, so I don't know. I come up with something like. Super also, uh, Scott talked about how much he loved Jimmy Nelson, but wouldn't use him against the Cubs, and it was awesome. <laughs> Same with Chase Anderson, who's been bad, but was awesome against the Cubs too. I don't know what's going on there. I think the Cubs are still amazing. But um, anyway, Steve and I, yeah, uh, we're gonna look at uh, games for Thursday. First, wanted to talk about our sponsor uh, this week. Try and bring him up at least once a week. Uh, our pals over at SeatGeek sponsor us here at Field of Streams. Uh, if you're looking to get some tickets or sell some tickets for probably a baseball game, if you're listening to the show, but could be anything, <laughs> could be a concert, could be uh, any sort of show, uh, go check out SeatGeek, go to their website, or go get their app on your mobile device. And uh, if you go and you find something you like, if you put in the promo code STREAMS, S-T-R-E-A-M-S, for Field of Streams, uh, you get 20 bucks off whatever you go to check out, uh, which is a pretty good deal just for trying things out. And if you do that, it supports us. This show is free. We don't ask for a dime from you. But if you do that, they help us out. I think everybody wins there. And, uh, yeah, they have a cool app that lets you 
first of all, like it shows the price you're going to pay, which is really nice instead of getting to the end and going, oh, wait, who's these charges and whatnot. And then it kind of grades the value of where the seats are going to be and the kind of deal you're getting if somebody's selling them for a steal. So, yeah, go check out SeatGeek. Uh, we really like them. They're helping us out, and we really appreciate that. So, um, yeah, anyway, on to Thursday's games. Steve, we're looking at this slate. There's these two early games that we can pretty well ignore. Uh, we try and mention early slates if they're a thing, but it's two games. And if you're playing yeah. a two-game DFS slate, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but uh, the Mariners are going to Baltimore, and uh, the Cubs are playing Milwaukee again. Both interesting games, but not what we're going to talk about for DFS. But um, And the rest of the evening games. Steve, what are you thinking at catcher, which is normally where we start? Uh, anybody behind the plate sticking out to you? Uh, there's, there's not a ton. Um, I do like, uh, Tyler Flowers against Jeff Locke, uh, mm-hmm. assuming that Flowers gets the, the start against the lefty. Uh, yeah. Jeff Locke is a very uninteresting starting pitcher, uh, unless yeah. you're stacking up, uh, opponents who are going to be hitting against him, in which case he's incredibly interesting and fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Flowers is basically in the majors because, uh, for the past, you know, three years or so, he's been really good at, at framing pitches and, and pretty good at, at hitting lefties. Uh, he's yeah. not uh, a world beater against lefties or anything like that, but, you know, solid kind of like mid 700 OPS type of guy. Yeah. Um, so there I, is a skill there and nobody else is going to pick him. So yeah, I kind of like that as a value. He'll be relatively cheap and, and probably not widely owned. Um, even though he's not hitting particularly well, uh, I'm still, for some reason, well, not for some reason, I think he's a talented hitter, and, and he'll he'll come around fine, but I'm on the, the Yasmani Grandal train, uh, and, mm-hmm. and continue to be, um, he's facing, uh, I believe, Julius Chassin, which is not yeah. the, the most intimidating matchup, and yeah. uh, I'm going to spend a lot of time picking on, on the Reds. Um, yes. In this uh, in this this episode, and and so even though it's a righty righty matchup, uh, Jan Gomes against Tim Adelman, um, just because even even though it's righty righty, the Reds bullpen is just so bad, and they went so deep in the game tonight, uh, they're going to be overworked. It's it's just going to yes. be. I I think the Indians are are going to be able to put up a lot of runs tomorrow. So yeah. I pretty much, if they play for the Indians, I I can stand behind them as a, as a pick uh, at any point yeah. throughout this this episode. We've kind of been greenlighting that all year, absolutely, yeah. is just picking <laughs> against the Reds, even when they have some kind of interesting, competent starters sometimes, like Brandon Finnegan. You're like, oh yeah, Brandon Finnegan can kind of pitch, you know? Yeah. Uh, he's only going to go half the game, you know, maybe a little <laughs> more, and then you're going to get uh, that Reds bullpen. Yeah, yep. it's, we're, we're bringing it up all the time. So I agree, Jan Gomes doesn't blow me away, but he's uh, very capable, for sure. I like that. Um, I wrote Francisco Cervelli getting Mike Fultonevich. Mm-hmm. Mike Fultonevich has been better this year. Not that many outings so far. And everyone always talks about the talent that he hasn't been able to put together. Um, his big weakness is lefties, which is yep. not Francisco Cervelli. Um, but I'll have some left-handed pirates. But Cervelli's just totally competent behind the plate. Uh, we bring him up a lot as kind of a high-floor guy. Probably not going to hit a bunch of homers for you, but can at least uh, probably get on base for you. And he gets him, gets the, the bullpen, the Atlanta bullpen. So I believe in Cervelli. Um, I put Buster Posey against James Shields. Yeah, you're paying for him in San Diego, but I can't get over this. I love James Shields for a long time, but James Shields allowed a home run to Bartolo Colon. And that's just like tainted for me. And that's not great analysis. It's probably not fair, but I just have this bias now where I'm like, Buster Bosey can take him deep. Sure. Why not? It's San Diego. Like, 
Yeah, that, that'll be fine. Um, the idea is that you can take him deep when you see him let up a home run to Bartolo. So oh, yeah, that's, that's probably fair. <laughs> I believe I believe in Buster Posey in in Petco. I think he'd be okay. Um, I had Stephen Vogt getting Ivan Nova, who's mm-hmm. just not great. And I believe in Stephen Vogt. I think he's fine. Uh, and you gotta worry about that Yankees bullpen maybe, but not if Ivan Nova digs him into a hole. Um, and then uh, I, I'm totally with you with Grandal. I think Chassin is better than people think. But still not good, which just goes to show how bad people think he is. Yeah, uh, people kind of have this image of him as this awful, awful like train wreck of a pitcher, and he's more just kind of like mediocre, okay. I think. Yeah, and exactly. mediocre is not great. So there are there are places where I would take him as a spot starter, maybe, sure. but not against the Dodgers. Nope. Um, and Grandall will be fine. Uh, my last name at catcher is Brian McCann, getting Kendall Graveman, who has mm-hmm. not put it together this year at all. Uh, he has some talent, but we haven't seen it in 2016. So thumbs up for uh, Brian McCann, who the Yankees lineup is a mess, but Brian McCann is still plenty talented and he's okay. So if you want him uh, in Oakland, that's I'm okay with that. Do you have any catchers we didn't mention, Steve? I don't have any catchers that we didn't okay. mention, so I guess that means we move on to first base, right? Yeah, yeah. None of them are exciting, but there's options for sure. Um, yeah. Okay, at first base, usually uh, a little more exciting there. Where are you thinking of going? Uh, at first base, uh, I, I I don't mind, even though it's a lefty-lefty matchup. Uh, Freddie Freeman against Jeff Locke. Uh, mm-hmm. Locke actually doesn't really excel against lefties all that much either. Uh, he kind of just gets hit by everyone. Uh, so, yeah. you know, there's not a ton of support for Freeman in that Braves lineup, but um, I, I do like that matchup for him. I, I have, despite the awful nature of the Twins, I do have Byung-Ho Park against uh, Marco Estrada. Um, he hasn't been awful. He is not, finish. and he's, 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 hit, he's hit righties much better than lefties so far right. uh, for average on base and in terms of power. Um, and Estrada's a fly ball pitcher who doesn't, you know, he doesn't have exceptional velocity, and, and one of the knocks on Park, I think, when he was coming over here was that, you know, is he going to be able to handle major league velocity after seeing diminished velocity in Korea? Mm-hmm. Estrada only throws 88 to 89, maybe 90, and that's kind of what uh, you know Park is used to seeing over in Korea. So uh, it'll be kind of a familiar feeling matchup to him, yeah. even though he's never probably faced Estrada specifically. Yep. Um, I like you know both Blue Jays' uh, first base options, uh, Smoke and Encarnacion against yeah. uh, the Twins. Urban Santana's competent. He's he's not a bad pitcher. He's having a decent year, but home runs yeah. have always been a problem for him throughout his yeah. career and. Even if he throws six nice innings, you got three innings against a just disaster twin bullpen. So, yeah. uh, Santana, three three eight ERA looks all right, but one five zero WHIP. Like the the deeper numbers are like no. Yeah, I don't think he's not a train wreck, but you can go ahead and pick against him. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. the Blue Jays have enough bats in that lineup that I mean, you can really feel realistically comfortable stacking them against anybody almost uh-huh. on any given day. Yeah. Uh, I have I have John Jaso against uh, Fultonovich as well. Uh, Fulty has just really struggled with lefties uh, pretty much since the day he was called up to the majors. Uh, he's really had problems against them. Jaso, not a ton of power, obviously, um, but you know he's he's a cheap option that can go out there and, and get on base for you a few times, score a couple mm-hmm. runs, maybe not going to run here or there. Um, so yeah, I, I do like that matchup. And again, you know, we we talked about it with the Twins and with the Reds and the Braves too. But they have not that impressive of a bullpen uh, waiting behind yeah. them. I don't think you're gonna feel too scared if if Jaso's facing Bud Norris in the seventh inning or whoever it might be. So right, I, I like John Jaso. I bring him up. Uh, he's just a weird first base option. Not bad, and in DFS points or points. 
Um, but he they bat him leadoff, and he draws walks, and it's yeah. just not what you usually get from your first base guy. But, again, this isn't Roto. You don't have to balance it out. He's just points or points, and so he's kind of a high-floor guy, kind of like Cervelli, where if you're playing a cash game, a 50-50 type thing, where you just want to, you don't want a zero, like, that's a good matchup for him, for sure. And if you... Looking for more points, taking some more risks, you might go, you know, Edwin Encarnacion or Ben Ho Park or something. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, I'm going to steal these Indians from you, Mike Napoli or Carlos Santana getting the Reds. So your thumbs up for both, right? Oh, absolutely. I actually yeah. I just completely skipped over them, even though I, I said I was going to harp on the Reds yeah. the whole time. So I don't know. I don't know how that happened. I even have them typed out here. But yeah, fully on board. They'll be just fine. Pick one. Napoli's a little more power. Santana's certainly no slouch. will be getting on base. They're both good. Um, I have Jose Abreu getting Colin McHugh. I used to really like Colin McHugh, but I feel like those guys that all of a sudden kind of show up out of nowhere is, is pretty good. The skills appear. I feel like they can disappear really quickly, too. Uh, and he's had a bad time this year. I think he can get better, but so far, not so good for Colin McHugh. He's in Chicago, and Jose Abreu can hit righties just fine. Um, yeah. so, so I'm done with that. The only other first base name I had is uh, Brandon Belt getting James Shields. Brandon Belt is really good, and James Shields is not as good as he used to be. And I, I think the downside here is simply Petco Park, which I'm not that worried about for Brandon Belt. So, uh, yeah, I think there's there's no asterisk there for me. Um, any other first baseman for you? Uh, no, that pretty much covers it. Yeah, it, it's a, not a ton of options. as a smaller slate today, but uh, there's definitely places to go. I'm not stumped yeah. at any position. Second base is maybe my toughest position today. I only wrote three names down, uh, but I, I'm totally fine with any of them. I have Jason Kipnis getting Tim Adelman and the Reds yep. go nuts. He'll be just fine for all the reasons we said. I have Brett Laurie getting Colin McHugh just because Colin yep. McHugh's been so bad and the Astros bullpen has been great. I don't super trust Laurie, but he's been all right. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. fine with that as a cheaper option. Um, and then I wrote Joe Panic getting James Shields, who, again, might not show a ton of power. Uh, one of those kind of John Chase types for the higher floor, but I could see the Giants scoring plenty of runs in San Diego. So um, I, I didn't dig a lot deeper, but that's the it's second exciting. baseman I came up with. Uh, who did you have that I didn't have in second well, we, base? We share Kipnis, but I actually yeah. wrote down three other names uh, that Perfect. you did not list. So, Perfect. hey, let's go. So it's a two-person show. <laughs> uh, the, the first one's not... Uh, super subtle, but it's it's Altuve, even though he's facing Chris Sale, um, mm-hmm. just because, I mean, A, he's Jose Altuve, and he's amazing in the first place, but he, he does hit lefties especially well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't love the idea of, you know, anybody against Sale, but um, I, I, Altuve hits lefties well enough that I felt like he's at least worth a mention. Um, I like I like that those kind of things that seem scary are nice as fades where you're like nobody else is going to take it. So if in the off right. chance that he does well, and there is a decent chance because he's so good, nobody else is on that with you. That's a lot of net points that nobody else took. So yeah, uh, it is a strategy. Uh, the way I often refer to it is like zigging when everybody else zags is definitely a DFS thing. So yeah. uh, maybe not the favorite pick of the day, but absolutely worth a mention. Absolutely viable. So yeah, yeah I'm in on that. Uh, I also, uh, God help me. I have, I have Gordon Beckham against Jeff Locke, uh, (laughs) which isn't anybody uh, you can pick against Jeff Locke. You can pick anybody against Jeff Locke. And I know Beckham hasn't had a lot of at bats this year, but he's actually hit pretty well. Um, I don't think that erases or cancels out the fact that he is, he's been a very poor hitter for the better part of, you know, seven years prior to that or eight years, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Um, but 
you know, it's it's a righty lefty matchup, and it's it's one of those guys who's going to be cheap and and who's not going to be widely owned. So if he does, you know, clear the bases with a double or something like that, uh, you're you're looking pretty good there. Uh, I'd like to congratulate you tentatively, I think, because even though I record with Matt usually four times a week, I don't think we've mentioned Gordon Beckham on the podcast yet hey. this season. That might be the first time that we've said Gordon Beckham in 2016. That's, uh, that's impressive. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'll have to ask Matt, but that might be it. That's that's impressive. Um, I'm, yeah, it's fine. I'm happy to carry the torch for uh, yeah. for Gordon Beckham, who, hey, he's at, he's at 56. Seven plate appearances, and we're looking at what do we got? 340, 421, 480. That's not bad. He, he should be batting, the, you know, third or fourth for Atlanta. Yeah, the Braves lineup. I mean, hey, move him up. Yeah. Um, but what yeah, got? Uh, my last one is even though uh, Brian Dozier has not been not been good this year, one of the many yeah. many problems for the Twins. Um, he is facing a fly ball pitcher in uh, Marco Estrada and Estrada. Is a fly ball pitcher because he lives up in the zone a lot with uh, with a fastball. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at uh, heat maps and, and where he throws his fastball to, to right-handed hitters, it's it's up in the zone and it's on the inner third. He doesn't come down and in very much where, where uh, Dozier struggles and and he he really works up with the fastball and, and off the fastball. And so um, Dozier's not had a good year, uh, but he just crushes high balls. That's kind of what he's made a. A career off of thus far mm-hmm. um and yeah extreme fly ball pitcher going against him so uh he's, he's kind of a nice uh roll the dice since his price is probably down a little bit but yeah you know he's I, kind of a boomer bust guy dozier you you get go in there hoping for the for the home run so he can certainly still do it so he's I, I like one. that a lot because typically we look at left right splits that's kind of the vanilla standard thing and this is uh, instead we're going for you know fly ball or up in the zone. It's it's just a different kind of split, which is very viable and and very important. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm with that. It's not somewhere I'd usually go. I'm like, oh, Dozier likes lefties, but I you know likes fly ball guys too, and that's that's a matchup for him for sure. So uh, I'm with you there. Um, third base. Uh, I had four names. How'd you do at third base? Uh, I have, what do I have? I have five down, so there's probably some overlap, okay. too. But All right. Go um, for it. Uh, I'll start. All right. Uh, I have Matt Carpenter and John Gray. I actually like John Gray on the road, and I think we'll talk to him when we get the pictures. But yeah, I, I like Matt Carpenter, period. The end. Like, Matt Carpenter's <laughs> really good. So uh, even if you believe in John Gray a little bit, uh, I believe in Matt Carpenter. So you can go with him uh, doing some damage there. If Todd Frazier getting Colin McHugh, uh, Todd Frazier prefers lefties, but again, the wheels have fallen off a little bit for Colin McHugh. So mm-hmm. Todd Frazier's just talented. He'll be fine. Um, kind of same with Josh Donaldson getting Irvin Santana. I also wish he had a lefty. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's Irvin Santana putting the balls in the air in Minnesota. will be okay. And uh, I guess that's a theme of my some of my third baseman is Danny Valencia getting Ivan Nova. Also prefers lefties. Also, is just kind of turned himself into a notable hitter that you have to pay attention to. The the A's are hot, uh, especially Chris Davis, but Valencia has not been slouching either. Had his own three homer game. I he's gonna be just fine against Ivan Nova, right? I think so. I have Valencia down, and I have him down not only because he's facing Nova, uh, but mm-hmm. the Yankees have four lefties in their bullpen right now, and two of yeah. them, granted, are Aroldis Chapman and, and Andrew Miller. And I don't know that you feel good about somebody facing. Uh, either one of those pitchers ever, but I'd rather have Danny Valencia facing them than uh, than a lot of players. I mean, he has a career OPS just under 900 against lefties. Uh, he's been crushing lefties for the better part of the past week, which is why he's hit so many 
uh, so many home runs. He's you know taken Matt Moore deep and, and Martin Perez and, and Cole Hamels, and he's he's just had a really strong week against left-handed pitching. Uh, yeah. If if Nova you know has a has a really rough game and, and he ends up facing you know James Pazos or, or Chase and Shreve uh, in the in the middle innings there. Mm-hmm. he'll he'll have some some nice matchups there and it's certainly possible so yeah no, I, uh, I, yeah. Feel, I didn't realize that and i feel even better about that pick now perfect <laughs> yeah I, I think you covered pretty much well i have i have fraser and donaldson down as well mm-hmm. um and then i even though neither of these is an exciting name it's it's the reds so i i still wrote down uh juan ribe and, and jose ramirez uh sure. just because I mean, you could you could make an entire lineup out of out of uh, Indians tomorrow if they let you, and and I would I would support it. So yeah, yeah, no, I, I like that for sure. Uh, you, know, you usually don't get excited about those guys, but they'd be fine. No, uh, they're super cheap options too. So if you're sitting there looking at you know a couple thousand bucks left in your budget, thinking you know what am I going to do at third base? Like you know you could do worse than just banking on the fact that not necessarily that Juan Uribe or, or Jose Ramirez is particularly talented, but that the the Reds are exceptionally untalented uh especially in the bullpen shortstop what are you thinking at shortstop uh lindor against adelman uh because yeah yeah francisco lindor is real good and yeah reds are not uh cory seager against chessine again chessine's not terrible but seager is really good and, and he's just been on a tear uh and i i really do th- i think you know before long uh seager is just going to be regarded in in close to the same air uh, as as the you know Carlos Correa and Francisco Lindor, I, I think he's just a like a superstar in waiting. Um, so very high on him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have Marcus Simeon against uh, Nova as well, even though uh, basically for the same reasons that I have Valencia. Uh, Nova's not a, an especially great pitcher, um, and if he gets knocked out early, there's four lefties in the bullpen behind him, and Simeon just absolutely destroys left-handed pitching. Uh, and there's just not really a, a, a huge amount of shortstops that I'm ex- particularly excited about. Uh, you could go Tulowitzki against um, Irvin Santana in the Twins bullpen, and I think that's fine. Uh, but he, you know, hasn't looked like Detroit Tulowitzki that we've you know come to know for the past decade or so. No, uh, something's wrong. Uh, not as not as high on him as as I you know might otherwise have thought I would be coming into the season. So yeah, yeah, something's wrong there, which is frustrating. Um, I have Lindor, absolutely. I have Aledmus Diaz getting John Gray again. John Gray on the road's kind of a different animal, but uh, Diaz has been pretty good. I have Brandon Crawford getting James Shields because he's yep. not. I'm not worried about him. He'll be fine there. Uh, I have Corey Seager getting Shasin. I, I again, I don't think Shasin's that bad, but I'm willing to pick on him with. Uh, hitters I believe in, and I believe in Corey Seager. And then um, I had Semyon get Nova. Absolutely. You're making me feel better about it. And then my my super boring pick, I like to bring him up and talk about how he's not exciting at all, but he is viable, is uh, Jimmy Rollins getting Colin McHugh. He's... Yeah. Uh, they keep batting him to the top of the line. dumping all over Colin McHugh. I hope Colin McHugh's going to listen to this podcast and he's going to like hunt you down. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be... We used to love him, but yeah, it's it's been tough. I believe in the White Sox against him on, on Thursday. So... Yeah, I have uh, Rollins. They bat me on top of the lineup, a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. Not exciting. Probably not going to win you your day, but it could get, definitely get you some points. So, um, yeah. Uh, okay, on to the outfield. Usually I have a million outfield options, uh, but there's there's not 
There's plenty. There's plenty. You got to pick three, but there's plenty to go with. I would take anybody in the Pittsburgh outfield against Mike Fultonevich. Um, probably prefer Gregory Polanco because he's yep. left-handed, and that's the weakness. But it's and not if, like I'm scared that Andrew McCutcheon won't do well. I think he'll be fine. If they start Matt Joyce, which they started, yeah. you know, Joyce started tonight. Uh, Joyce would be a really. I have Joyce down as a really nice bargain play yep. against. You know, Fultonevich has yep. really struggled against lefties. So yeah, if he gets in there like that, I like him. I like Polanco, and yeah, I'm not scared of McCutcheon. I don't. I don't think they. Uh, he's gonna struggle i have uh if you want to pick on john gray again uh i'm not I'm going all in train. i'm not picking on him tomorrow but you can you can go ahead <laughs> i'm not all in i'm waffling i'm in the middle um but the the outfielder I like maybe the most for the cardinals isn't matt holiday it's steven piscotti it's been awesome yeah uh that's that's where i might be going there um how about adam eaton to finish my stack against colin McHugh? adam eaton quietly just putting it together doing yeah. pretty well at the top of a pretty all right lineup so i'm in there um, speaking of good at the top of a good lineup, uh, Michael Saunders getting over in Santana. Michael Saunders has been great. Yeah, like yeah. bat him near the top. Um, maybe struggles with lefties, but no problem. He's getting over in Santana. It's in Minnesota. He'll be fine. Uh, there's points to be had there. I like Michael Sanders a lot. Michael yeah. Saunders, pardon me. Um, if you want Giants outfielders, it's Denard Span and Hunter Pence for me. I guess you can go Angel Pagan. Uh, but they're, yeah. they're batting Span laid off. He runs. There's, there's points to be had there. Um, I have Jacques Peterson getting Ulysses Chassin, another young Dodger who's just been awesome. Uh, yeah. loves to hit righties. He's going to do just fine there. there. There's power. There's some speed. I don't know. I'm all in on Jacques Peterson right now. I think he's going to be fine. He's still really young. Um, and then I wrote, uh, haven't done this yet this year. I just wrote Oakland outfield against Nova because we haven't yes. always been on, on Chris Davis, but you got it now, right? Chris Davis is just so on fire. He gets Nova. He gets those lefties. He's not that expensive either. I looked. I think he's at like thirty four hundred tomorrow on Fanduel or something Man. like that. And four and homers he... in his last two games. Okay. Uh, if you want Josh Reddick, he's gonna get you know the righty and Nova. He'd be fine. And Billy Burns is a switch hitter, and he gets he's fine. So pick an yeah. Oakland outfielder. I'm all right with all of them actually, uh, depending on how their their budget fits you. Uh, thumbs up there in that matchup. And then, um, honestly, on the flip side, the Yankees outfielders against Kendall Graveman and the A's bullpen, which should be better but isn't, uh, I'm fine with any of them, too. Uh, that's that's Beltran, that's Ellsbury, that's Gardner. They're they're all fine. So, um, yeah, so not a, a long list of options, but enough. Um, Who would you have in the outfield that I did not suggest? Uh, well, I think, I, without realizing it, I, I did actually have all three Oakland, oh, well, I had, yeah, Burns, Reddick, yeah. and, and Chris Davis. Uh, one thing, and I wrote this down next to Burns, but it applies to Simeon as well, uh, the Yankees mm-hmm. have just been awful at throwing out base runners this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Brannick thrown out, I think, 16%, I think he, 18%, he's, he's like 4 for 21 or 4 for 22. Yeah. Gotta um, be better than that. He's, he's usually very good, uh, but mm-hmm. he has really struggled with it this year, Romian hasn't been very good with it, um. Uh, mm-hmm. So and they got a righty on the mound. So if you if you can get Burns on base a couple of times, uh, he can steal against anybody. But uh, the Yankees have have struggled om- as much as almost anyone in the league, basically in yeah. terms of throwing out runners uh, percentage wise. So that's like that. definitely definitely something to look at. And, and I don't know that you want to bank necessarily on stolen bases, uh, but you know Billy Burns is is a pretty good guy to you know kind of cross your fingers and and hope for a steal or two with. Yes. Um, I have Lonnie Chisenhall against the, the poor Reds and, and Tim Adelman. Sure. I'm so sorry, Tim Adelman and, and everyone yeah. from Cincinnati, if you ever hear this podcast. Uh, I have, if you want to get really adventurous, uh, really adventurous, and I even I typed it in all caps because I, I got excited that I didn't get to bring him up, but Frenchie against Jeff uh, Jeff Locke. Um, yeah. Frank Coor is 
I mean, he's Jeff Francoeur. He's, he's not good, but uh, he's hitting lefties well again this year. He's done it in the past. Um, and so they started him tonight and batted him clean up against Francisco Liriano. So uh, he'll probably have a favorable lineup spot tomorrow. And Jeff yeah. Locke just isn't that great. So he'll have some RBI opportunities. He'll be dirt cheap. You're the first to recommend or even reference Gordon Beckham. You're not the first to recommend Jeff Francoeur. We've gone there a little bit this year. It's okay. not a slam dunk. Right. It's not amazing, but it's viable. <laughs> It's something okay. you can do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if I should be – I don't know how seriously people can take me when I'm, I'm recommending Jeff Francoeur and Gordon Beckham in the same it's podcast. A, but Picking on Jeff Locke. I mean that's a – we'll get the <laughs> pictures. We can talk about Jeff Locke because I'm yeah. at least a little intrigued. But, um, but yeah, he's an old favorite of the show that, you know, he's barely clinging to his rotation job, uh, Jeff Locke is. Um, any other outfielders for you? Uh, Batista versus Urban and the Twins bullpen. Um, sure. Why not? And, and uh, much for the same reason that I, I went with uh, Dozier, uh, Sano against Estrada, just because you know probably have some underwhelming fastballs up in the zone to try to try mm. to work with. Um, and yeah, I mean, never surprises me to see you know Sano strike out four times in a game or hit two like 440 foot home runs in a game so yeah he's uh, a, that's, a, that's a very volatile pick in a good way where you know if you're doing a gpb and you need to strike gold he you know could could fly out could certainly hit him all yeah. the way out so and you know we without for all the bullpen talk that we've talked about up and down here the blue jays bullpen is not exactly a, a, a beacon of of quality no. relief work so um no. they've, they've had a lot of guys struggle I mean, drew storen's given up crazy amounts of home runs too so there's there's some uh there's there's some upside if you can get into the blue jays bullpen for a while as well Mm -hmm. i like that all right on the pitchers let's go ahead and get out of the way i i wrote jeff Locke. i don't it's not a ringing endorsement i'm intrigued the braves despite all the guys you listed as a team generally are not hitting lefties um they're not hitting much of anything but they're (laughs) often pretty left-handed other than the guys you mentioned i like i like frenchy uh beckham's nice and creative and i think flowers yeah but their best hitter is Freddie Freeman. He's left-handed. A lot of the rest of the lineup's left-handed. Yeah. Uh, it's not a ringing endorsement. It's more if you want to get really cute and really clever, uh, maybe. Matt and I are still doing our, our streaming contest, and he's eligible. And I, I'll tell you I thought about it. I don't know that I'm quite brave enough. Because he's 5'4", 5, 5, ERA, one six six whip. That's, that's bad. And it's not like there's strikeouts to go with it. So the ceiling's really low. Um, I, I'll be, I can't even recommend it. I wrote it down cause I want to talk about it, that it might be a good matchup for him. And if he goes out and goes six innings, two runs, I'll be like, nice work, Jeff Locke. But like, you don't need to pick it in DFS. Um, and I'm still <laughs> fine with picking on him. Um, so Strasburg opposite Harvey, two guys that are pretty good. Harvey's struggled. Are you, we didn't pick any nationals against him though. Um, no. are you, yeah. Are you considering Matt Harvey against the nationals? He's it's he's so hard to predict, and that's that's why I didn't yeah. pick anybody against him. But I, I if you wanted to go ahead and, and pick Daniel Murphy and and Bryce Harper, but I mean you're going to be paying top dollar for those guys as well. Yeah. Um, so it, it's kind of a it's it's kind of a tough call for me to be able to say yeah I want to go out and pay for their best hitters who are you know kind of as expensive as they get for their position, and are also going up against somebody who while he struggled could easily rattle off you know seven innings and strike out 10 tomorrow and, and give up, you know, four hits and no runs. And people would be like, Oh yeah, well there's, there's the Matt Harvey. We know. Um, yeah. I'm not, I'm kind of in that limbo with him where I, I don't necessarily want to recommend that. Yes, you should bank on strong production from him, but I'm also not sold that he's having this terrible year that, that you want to go out and, and pay top dollar for Bryce Harper and, and Daniel Murphy, uh, you know, two guys who are among the most expensive at their positions anyway against him. But I'm also not so confident that, 
he's just going to bounce back and, and be fine that, you know, you want to go out there and throw him against a, a lineup that has some, some pretty decent bats in it. So I, I've kind of just like stayed away from Matt Harvey just in general right now, because he's, he, I haven't really made a firm decision one way or the other. And, and you kind of want to have that conviction a little bit when you're, uh, when you're, when you're picking for DFS. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, Strasburg, all, all hands on deck go nuts, right? He'll be fine. Yeah, I mean you're gonna. I mean obviously you're gonna pay, but uh, yeah. sometimes, especially when there aren't that many exciting options up and down, and you're thinking yeah. about doing some weird creative things like picking Gordon Beckham, yeah, uh, yeah picking Steven Strasburg and, and and paying top dollar for him, uh, yeah, makes some sense. Yeah, uh, I'm fine there. The strikeouts just keep the floor so high that I really like yeah. it uh, for sure. Um, Chris Sale gets the Astros. They strike out a lot. He strikes On. people out a lot. That's mm-hmm. a pretty high ceiling option there. Uh, you'll pay for it, but I like that maybe more than than Strasburg. That's that's an A plus one. Um, how about all right? So we mentioned him. You're all in John Gray going to St. Louis. I I am on the on the John Gray uh, train. He really intrigues me, uh, especially away from Coors. And if you look at the numbers this year, I mean a uh, 36 to seven strikeout to walk ratio and 28 and a third or 20 and two thirds innings. I don't remember which. Uh, he's got a ground ball rate north of 50. percent uh, You know. He was he was the third overall pick in the draft and, and he was for a while a candidate to go one one at the time that he was a college prospect there was talk that you know he could eventually be the type of guy who's going to be a, a number one number two starter and it's really early this year and the ERA doesn't show up but the secondary stats like kind of point that way um, I I do really like him uh, especially away from Coors and I think people have this stigma about oh Coors pitcher like I don't want to go anywhere near him. And therefore, he might not be that widely owned. So he's yeah. he's somebody that I think really has a, a lot of upside, a really high ceiling. He struck out, you know, he's averaging 11 and a half or whatever strikeouts per nine innings uh, this year. It's a small sample, obviously, but he's he's looked pretty good. And if he goes out there and strikes out nine or ten guys, uh, I mean that that really you know sets the bar and gives you a chance to to score a huge point total with him. So I'm, yeah. I'm definitely on board. And the Cardinals are. Good, not great, right? You're not terrified of that offense, are you? I, I'm not terrified of them. I'm, I, they, they certainly have some guys in there that, that can do some damage. I, I was fine with your Matt Carpenter pick. Uh, Brandon yeah. Moss has plenty of power. I mean, they, they have, yeah, they have guys who can, who can do some damage, but, but it's, it's I don't know if they have an, a lineup, especially on a left-handed leaning lineup, that really makes me scared to run Gray out there against them. Yeah, I, I, he's interesting. I like him as a, a sleeper one, but the, the total numbers look so bad, and it's just mostly been Coors Field so far. So. Yeah. Okay, um, and then uh, I have uh, Estrada getting the Twins as much as we mentioned. Uh, he's going to give up some fly balls, um, mm-hmm. but if they stay in the park, he's in business. You know, oh, it's yeah. a good place to pitch. So it's it's another fall the one on the other side where you know if they go out, it's bad. If they stay, in, it's good. That sounds elementary, but it's true yeah. with those. And the Twins have been striking out a ton. You know, Estrada's not a huge strikeout pitcher, but the Twins are just they can't seem to make contact to save their lives. A lot of these guys. So yeah, I think there's definitely some some upside there. Yeah, um, I had this might be my uh, my streaming pick is uh, Ross Stripling getting the Angels. Yeah, and this is completely a pick about the Angels being so bad. The oh, poor, the Angels. poor Angels! You and I were talking. Well, I've said earlier in the season, like, do you feel bad for the Angels? Uh, Matt did not hesitate to say no, he does not. Uh, <laughs> but it's like they, it just gets worse and worse, man. I you know. It's bad. I don't know. Injuries are not a fun way to see a team be bad. I think that's fair. 
you don't want anybody to get hurt, you know. Um, seeing Albert Pujols be bad and then pay him too much money, like, okay, fine. Like, that's, I can enjoy that. But, like, seeing just guys go down with TJ and stuff, you're like, oh, that's a bummer. And so Giovanni yeah. Soto hits the DL. It's like, I'm, again, like another, like, so. They have, they have 10 guys on their major league DL that would actually yeah. be on their active roster. And Tyler Skaggs on the minor league DL, yeah. who, if he were healthy, would be, that's all, that's half of a team is basically yeah. sitting on the disabled. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. So, I, again, I'm not an Angels fan. Man, I like rooting against them, but like this isn't how I want them to see see them be bad. I don't want to see guys get hurt. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Ross Stripling is borderline competent, but that lineup's so bad that that I think that's an okay streamer. I'm picking him for uh, field of streams. I forgot to mention Matt has John Gray, which I like. It's a little dangerous, but a little more upside. Uh, oh, see, I'm I would have gone Gray, but I'll, I'll yeah. I can pick somebody else. I can audible. Um, you can you can also join in with him on Gray. Uh, yeah, uh, but. Uh, a little more upside there. I'm trying to protect my ratios a little more. I I would like to think that Stripling is safer. We'll find out. Uh, as for DFS, the ceiling's not very high. Maybe if you want him as a second pitcher or you want to load up on offense, you can go there. I'm I'm endorsing it. I don't love it. Uh, I'm endorsing it. If you're in a GPP and you need a higher ceiling, you want John Gray and those strikeouts. Um, yeah. The last name I had, talk about a safe guy. I think Jeff Samarja at San Diego is just fine, don't you? Yeah, I think he's fine. Uh, the Padres I'm... certainly don't have a scary offense. He can miss some bats. Yeah, he can get some strikeouts. He can go deep. His ERA is two eight eight. He likes to to pitch deep. You know, yeah. I'm looking in his last six games, he has one start less than six innings, and that was five and two thirds. Like he picks up innings, and as a result, he gets strikeouts. Like I, he's, I don't know, definitely not an ace, but but very competent. And so in a good matchup, I'm all in. I don't love Jeff Samarja, but I do love Jeff Samarja pitching against the Padres and Petco. So yeah, I think um, that that absolutely works. Yeah. Um, did you have any pitchers we didn't mention? I have Michael Waka. Uh, the Rockies, uh, sort of the opposite of what I said about Gray and the stigma mm-hmm. against Rockies pitchers. Nobody wants to take them. Nobody really wants to go up against the Rockies, but away from Coors Field, the Rockies really aren't that great. Uh, I think they're, mm-hmm. they were uh, coming into today, they were 16th in the majors in OPS on the road, and they got shut out by what has been a really ordinary, boring Adam Wainwright this year. Yes. And, yes. uh, been not good yeah they, they they're not that great away from Coors Field and so I feel like a lot of people are going to shy away from Waka um because you know they're they're a little bit scared to go up against the Rockies but look at their numbers away from from Coors they're not that they're not that good yeah. uh, and Waka's a solid pitcher he's not you know the strong like ace caliber guy but yeah kind of that kind solid of like, like mid-rotation three kind numbers of the the not not an ace yeah. but certainly good you know yeah. can, can get it done he strikes out seven, eight guys per nine innings. Uh, mm-hmm. Keeps the ball on the ground for the most part. Has pretty decent control. So um, I, I like uh, I like Waka tomorrow. I think uh, you know not a lot of people are going to be in there. And if you're looking for a second pitcher, and this oh man, you are going to kill me. I can't even believe I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it though. I actually really don't hate Kendall Graveman tomorrow. Because um, <laughs> you like Kendall Graveman, or because the Yankees have been bad? Well. I don't mind Kendall Graveman and pitching at, at the Coliseum. His his problem this year has been all home runs, and he's given up nine of his ten home runs on the road. He's only given up one home run in Oakland. It's only mm-hmm. he's only made three ish starts in Oakland, but three, yeah. he's, pitched, he's pitched fine in Oakland. Um, yeah. And the Yankees lineup is just they they rank twenty fifth or worse in run scored, average on base percentage, and slugging percentage. Like yeah. they they're just a bad offense. 
been um, bad. I I did not realize his home road had been so bad, especially in the home runs there. I see that. I'm looking at the game yeah. log. He allowed four runs to this to the Mariners at home. The Mariners are good. Uh, and then he shut down the Angels and had you know a good start against the White Sox to open the year. Like he's an interesting guy. I think he has talent. The ERA looks bad. He's one and five, but. You know, if it's all homer prone, and again, kind of the Estrada thing, if you can keep him in in Oakland, yeah, and, and to do it. there's if there's a place to keep him in the park, it's gonna be yeah. uh, it's it's gonna be in Oakland. So yeah. um, I think that's that's a good call. That's a that's somewhere I had not looked deep enough, and uh, yeah, uh, I, I you know you're clearly not running out there like with a big endorsement, but you, it could be a sneaky play there for him. He could yeah. be, and he's he's so cheap, and I think he's I think he's like forty four, forty seven hundred or something on Fanduel tomorrow. Um, mm. I didn't look up his DraftKings price specifically, but uh, um, pretty cheap. Yeah, he's he's not going to cost you anything if you're looking for for a, a second starter uh, on a site that that allows you to have two. Like he's he's a really nice play there, or if you want to stack up on on some offensive matchups that you believe in and and run with Graveman as your only pitcher in a in a GPP where you you know think hey if you get 15 20 whatever points out of out of, out of Kendall Graveman like things aren't aren't looking it's, uh are it's, terrible there for that price. Everything in DFS, everything in fantasy baseball, it's all about value. You know, we're not recommending Clayton Kershaw every night. You can't have Bryce Harper every night. We just, on Wednesday, were so excited about Mike Clevenger, and rightfully so. So, I with your Kendall Graveman thing, no, I don't think that's a bad pick. I don't think Tyler Flowers is a bad pick. I think he's not good at baseball, but I think it's a a good (laughs) pick. You know, you don't have to be that's... good at baseball to be the good, or well, relative to the rest of the majors, to be a good uh, a daily pick for for one yeah, day. Exactly. And Graveman Graveman costs as much as you know a top tier outfielder does, mm-hmm. and you know he has infinitely more opportunities to to get points for you than an outfielder who's going to come to the plate. I like that. And the Yankees are pitching Ivan Nova. You could get a win. No, the, I am certainly not going to kill you for the Kendall Graveman pick. That's a good one. I I, I like that. I don't know that I'm going with it personally, but I do not judge somebody that. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go nuts, and you can if you guys are keeping track of the, the you think you are the the field of yeah. stream picks for uh, guests on the show this year. Yeah, put me yeah, down for Kendall Graveman. I'm getting weird. Let's do it. I'm into it. I'm into it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Matt has John Gray, which I like. I'm going safer. I hope with Stripling, and you have Graveman, who, who's a little more out there, but still has that potential too. Cool. I One like way or that. another, we're gonna laugh about that pick tomorrow. I'm oh, hoping yeah, it's it's, it's fun. <laughs> and I said that on Wednesday with Mike Clevenger. Like DFS is supposed to be fun. Like you should yeah. be having fun with your games. You're not doing it to pay your rent. I hope you know you're not doing it as an investment. Like you're having fun, and it makes the games fun to watch. So tomorrow night you'll be like, I'm watching Kendall Graveman against the Yankees. Like I want to see how he does now. And then that's that's a blast. So I'm I'm about the weird stacks. I say go for it. And then you do that, and you can go pick you know any other gray hitters that you want. You'll be able to afford it. So yeah. Um, cool. Well, that should do it for us for Thursday. Uh, Steve, do you have anything else, uh, anything to plug other than you're over at MLB Trade Rumors? People should be, uh, I, again, every time you come on, I'm like, I'm pretty sure listeners have heard of MLB Trade Rumors, but, uh, I bookmarked, homepaged, whatever. Uh, anything <laughs> exciting, uh, going on over there that you wanted to talk about? Nothing crazy exciting in the next couple of days. Uh, next week, I'm hoping to, to have... Some uh, more like original kind of reporting e story type thing that I've been working on uh, come out. Uh, I don't want to. Uh, well, sometime early next week it, it should pop up. So hopefully, uh, yeah, that, that we'll do like some big suspense that way. But if if a few more uh, phone calls that I have to make uh, come together, but yeah, yeah, that's like a really cryptic, like not exciting thing. <laughs> 
yeah. I just sound like a pretentious jackass. But uh, no, yeah, I, I have uh, uh, something hopefully cool coming next week, and, and we can talk about it a little bit next time I'm on the show. Uh, sure. If you're willing to have me back. Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome back. Anytime you can join me and Matt, and we'll try to not talk about the AL Central for you. Um, you can follow <laughs> Steve on Twitter and read his nebulous writings of whatever it is. Uh, he's at Adams underscore Steve. Do you know who at Steve Adams is? Is it somebody that you'd like to test her? I don't know. I don't know if you knew off the top of your head who it was. It exists. I, I looked for I mean, I, that's the thing with my name. I've, I've never been able to ever, yeah. uh, like, have my name be anything. Yep. Uh, at Steve Adams is a shawarma expert from St. Catharines, Ontario. So. Oh, that's Steve Adams, of course. Yep. Yes, that. Oh, Steve. Oh, you mean Steve? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steve. So our, our MLB trade rumor is Steve Adams. It's Adams underscore Steve. Uh, give him a follow there. Uh, I am on Twitter at Higgins FOS, and yeah, tell him that. Sh- show us your stacks that you're picking full of Kendall Graveman, where you get to go run <laughs> up on a bunch of hitters, which is the exciting part. Anyone um, out there picks Kendall Graveman because of this podcast? I I really do hope you'll tweet at me and let me know, and I will I will be on the edge of my seat with you. Watching yeah. Kendall Graveman with bated breath. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. So, uh, yeah, thanks again to Steve for joining us. Um, I'll be back on Friday with Brad Johnson for our Friday morning show that we also do. Um, also, we're going to be joined by Justin Mason, uh, also here from Rotographs. We're rot- rotating in a lot of our Rotographs writers. will be good. So that's live on Friday morning at 8 a.m. West Coast, 11 a.m. East Coast. We do a chat. You get to see us record the show. Um, you get to be a part of it. You can ask live questions. It's kind of fun. And then uh, if you aren't interested in that, it comes out as a normal podcast that day anyway. So um, anyway, that'll be us on Friday. Thanks again to Steve. I'm Dylan. We will catch you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit Fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.